Welcome to the Birmingham Vineyard Podcast. We hope you find it insightful and encouraging. If you want to find out more about us, head to our website, birminghamvineyard.com. Good morning. It's lovely to see everybody. By the grace of God, I'm honored to start a whole new series in the book of Judges today. The book of Judges is a fascinating book because it contains many interesting stories. And I love reading stories so much. So today, we'll look at the book of Judges from chapter 1 to 2, verse 5. So if you have a Bible to hand, you can follow along. Please get your Bible because we're going to look at so many verses today. (laughs) So let's talk about stories of the background of this book, the disobedience of Judah, um, making excuse for disobedience, and God's blessing of our obedience. Let's look at the stories, uh, background. Well, the background to the book of Judges is as follows. Well, now God appoints Moses to lead the Israelites out of Egypt and into the wilderness. So guiding them for 40 years. Unfortunately, just before they were about to enter the promised land of um, Canaan, Moses passed away. So God appointed who? Right, Joshua, to lead the Israelites. Since Joshua had been Moses' assistant throughout the entire wilderness period, and he also represents Moses' leadership. However, at the beginning of the book of Judges, the Israelites had not yet conquered the entire land of Canaan when Joseph passed away. So the Israelites found themselves without a leader to lead them in continuing their conquest of the land. So in the book of Judges, each appearance of a judge represents a period in Israel's history. The structure of this book revolves around the moral decay decay of God's people, keeping the covenant and remaining loyal to the Lord is a significant theme in the book of Judges. The Israelites' unfaithfulness and disobedience to to God leads to the occurrence of disasters. We see that Israelites completely ignore God's law, which result in damaged and broken relationships among them. However, God did not abandon them. Whenever they cried out to God, the Lord listened and provided them with hope through his faithfulness. So today, we'll read from chapter 1 to chapter 2, verse 5, which serve as an introduction of the book of Judges. 
This introduction emphasized the continual spiritual failure of the people, leading them into a cycle of rebellion, experiencing oppression, crying out for help, and receiving rescue. So the focus of the rebellion to re uh, receiving rescue cycle is not, is not to simply just highlight the need of repentance after Israel's sin, but to show that even though God will administer punishment, he will also show, show mercy and kindness after the punishment. In the book of Judges, the covenant and the land are inseparable. Throughout the book of Judges, it is clear that if the Israelites remain loyal to the covenant, they will possess the land. But if they break the covenant and are unfaithful, they will lose the land. Therefore, before his death, Joshua reminds the Israelites to faithfully keep God's command and not to, read, uh, not to turn away the Lord. So let's look at um, the, uh, the, the Bible verses, Joshua chapter 23, which is Joshua is so old and he's, he's almost time to die. And this is what he reminded Israelites. Let's look at the, the verses. So, be very careful to love the Lord your God. But if you turn away and align yourselves with the survivors of these nations that remain among you, and if you intermarry with them and associate with them, then you may be sure that the Lord your God will no longer drive out these nations before you. Instead, they will become snares and traps for you, whips on your back and thorns in your eyes, until you perished from the good land, which the Lord your God has given you. Verse 16, if you violate uh, the, the covenant of the Lord your God, which he commanded you, and go and serve other gods and bow down to them, the Lord's anger will burn against you and you will quickly perish from the, from the good land he has given you. So, this is what Joshua said before he died. But what happened after he died? So, we'll look at the disobedience of Judah. Well, God is a God who gives blessings and fights for his people, giving a beautiful promise to land as their inheritance. In chapter 1, the Israelites sought God's guidance for their fights. Instead of choosing a single leader this time, God chose a tribe to lead them. The tribe of Judah was chosen by God to inherit the leadership role from Joshua and lead the other tribes in their conquest against the Canaanites to possess the land. God was with them, enabling them to achieve victories and experience great success. However, it is unfortunate that as we read through chapter 1, we find that the Israelites were not obedient to God's command. They only managed to drive out a portion. 
of the Canaanite inhabitants. So you can read the verses um, in chapter 1, verse 19, all the way to 33. It's quite long, but I'm not going to read it out, <laughs> but you can read it in the slide. Um, so what can we see in these verses? They are long, but what can we see? Well, we see that the Israelites started to allow the Canaanites to live in distant places from verse 22 to 26. So later, the Israelites failed to drive out the Canaanites and they remained among the Israelites from verse 27 to 30. Then the Israelites dwelt among the Canaanites from verse 31 to 33. So eventually, the Canaanites turned against the Israelites, pressuring them to dwell in distant, distant places. We see that what starts as minor comp uh, compromise quickly grows into full-blown failure and ultimately into the oppression of God's people. We often see this we've seen in our own lives too. What starts as a small compromise can quickly grow until it is the scene not as who seems in control. Right? Yeah. So when we see the Israelites achieving great victories in war, we may feel delighted because everything seems to be going smoothly and in the eyes of the world, they appear successful. Especially when we read through um, Judah's um, triumph over Adonibazik, it highlights the success even more as Adonibazik was well known for his political and military achievements. So when we encounter such favorable circumstances, we are grateful to the Lord. However, from Judges chapter 2, verse 1 to 5, we know that God was actually extremely displeased with the Israelites' disobedience in not completely driving out the Canaanites. Well, um, yeah, you can again read through the verses at the PowerPoint slide. Um, but let's look at verse 3. Um, in chapter 2, verse 3, it is, The Lord said to the Israel, And I have also said, I will not drive them out before you. They will become traps for you, and their gods will become snares to you. See? This is the same what Joshua said before he died. Same as Joshua said before he died. Israelites did not follow the instructions given in Deuteronomy to completely destroy the Canaanite nations. If we look at Deuteronomy chapter 20, verse 16 to 18, we'll, 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 we'll know um, what God 
commands them. However, in verse 16, however the cities of the nations the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance, do not leave anything that breathes. Do not leave anything that breathes. Completely destroy them. The Hittites, Amorites, Canaanites, Parasites, Hivites, and Jubicites, as the Lord your God has commanded you. Otherwise, they will teach you to follow the disastable things they do in worshiping their gods, and you will sin against the Lord your God. So this is what the Deuteronomy said. Well, when God com commands the, the, the tribe of Judah to attack the Canaanites, he instructed them not to let any Canaanites survive. Well, mm, some may wonder, why did God command the Israelites to use such an extreme method to drive out the Canaanites? Why not show more mercy on the Canaanites? In fact, biblical scholars have proposed two reasons for this. Firstly, this approach was intended to protect the Israelites. God commanded the Israelites to completely destroy the Canaanite nations inhabiting the land because God knew that these people would lead their descendants to turn away from following God and worship their gods. Then God's anger will lead them to own destruction. Human heart in its sinfulness is inclined towards idols and away from God. Secondly, this action served as a punishment for evil and to reveal justice of God. In Genesis chapter 15, verse 16, the Lord mentioned specifically that the, the sin of the Amorites, which is the Canaanites, had not yet reached its fullness, its full measure. This indicates that the Amorites' ways of life was filled with sin in the eyes of God. Therefore, we need to have some understanding of the historical context at the time to understand God's love, protection, and justice before um, towards the Israelites. It is important to note that these actions were specific to that particular historical period and circumstances of the Canaanite uh, culture at that time. God's way and comments are often rooted in the unique context and, and purpose for his plan, um, of his plan for his people. So let's look at making excuse for disobedience. Indeed, God promises, do not exempt us from responsibility and obedience. In Judges chapter 2, verse 1 to 5 tells us that the Israelites were not unaware of the command to drive out the Canaanites. They knew and heard 
God's instruction. However, in verse 19, the inhabitants of the plain had chariots of iron, and the Israelites immediately withdrew from driving them out. Their eyes were fixed on the external factors, and they failed to obey God's command. Well, when we come to this point, you might agree that yes, it is indeed difficult to defeat the enemy with iron chariots when the Israelites themselves do not have any. God's command. May seem somewhat unreasonable. They have the iron chariots, but we don't. All right, let's look at. Let's move on to Judges chapter four. We'll look at a little bit.、Um, chapter four, verse thirteen. Sisera summoned from Harosheth Hagoim to. Kishon River, all his men and his nine hundred chariots fit with iron. At Barak's advice, the Lord routed、um, Sisera and all his chariots and army by the sword. The, and Sisera got down from his chariots and fled on foot. From this. We can understand that the absence of the iron chariots in the tribe of Judah was not an excuse for Israelites. Even when facing the numerous chariots of Barak, they were able to achieve victory with the help of God. Okay, this is the future, but what about in the past? In the past, if we look at um, if, if if we go back to the time of Judah with、uh, of Joshua. The time of Joshua, we see that Joshua led them to victory not because of their large numbers or advanced、um, chariots, but because of the mighty hand of God. The Israelites followed Joshua in their in their conquest for many years, and witnessed the mighty power of God. Furthermore. The, with Judah's recent victory over Adonibesek, the moral the the morale was high, and God was with them. God also assured that He had already delivered the land into their hands. Therefore, they had no possibility of failure. However. Judah still chose not to obey and follow God, considering the external circumstances as the main factor. As a result, many blessings and benefits that God had intended for the Israelites were temporarily postponed. When we do not fully obey, God's blessings will not be fully fulfilled in us. This highlights an important lesson about obedience and trusting God.
the Israelites allowed their fear of external circumstances represented by the chariots of iron to override their faith and obedience to God's instruction. Instead of relying on God's strength and promises, they chose to rely on their own understanding and assessment of the situation. This serves as a reminder that true obedience to God requires us to trust Him completely, even in the face of challenging circumstances or seeming impossible obstacles. It is a lesson about the importance of faith and steadfastness in following God's commands, regardless of the external factors or challenges we may encounter. After defeat and the message of the angel, the Israelites realize their sin and repent. In verse 4 to 5, you can see, um, um, when the angel of the Lord has spoken these things to all the Israelites, the people wept aloud, and they called the place Bochum, there they offered sacrifice to the Lord. The repentance exhibited by the Israelites is motivated by the pain they experience as a consequence of their sin, rather than a true vic um, conviction of their moral standing before God. Well, true repentance comes from an inner change that results in a transformation of behavior. But despite the Israelites' imperfect repentance, God still extends his grace and salvation to them. Each one of us, if we are willing to repent, trust in God, and obediently follow his teachings, will become his child and a recipient of his love and salvation. Let me share a story of my obedience to God's command. It's a um, long time ago. Um, I remembered when I was studying in the United States, I became a good friend with a woman I met in the Chinese church. When I first arrived, she welcomed me and we became close friends. I got to know her and her families, um, and we spent a lot of times together like twins. She was there for me during my lonely, loneliness moments. However, Unfortunately, um, this dear friend of mine, when I returned to Hong Kong, started dating my boyfriend at that time. They both betrayed me. I was deeply hurt and angry. Every time I saw her, I would immediately walk away 
because I didn't want to see her again. I would get angry every time I thought of her, and her name was was mentioned. She eventually left the church as well. As for me, I continue to seek God in church without my enemy. After two years later, the church organized a Christmas event where Chinese churches could gather together as friends. During this event, I saw her again. I saw her from a distance, and I watched her as she engaged in conversations with others. Suddenly, God spoke to me in my mind, saying, go, talk to her. I said, no, I don't want any contact with this lady anymore. And God said, go, walk over there and welcome her. My heart was in turmoil, struggling for five to ten minutes, but the five to ten minutes is very long time. I can tell you, it's not short, it's very long. I realized that taking that step forward felt very, very, very heavy and difficult. You know, I cannot move my legs. <laughs> I don't want to move my legs. Um, however, in the end, I obeyed God's command and walk over to her and say, welcome. At that moment, she seemed surprised. We looked at each other and neither of us said anything. But when I welcomed her, I suddenly felt my heart being released. The anger that had been gripping my heart was no longer there. It's for so long, for so long. And I felt much lighter. God's blessings poured down on me in that moment. It was then that I realized that God wanted me to obey in order to bring peace to my heart and to continue moving forward on my faith journey. Obedience allowed me to receive the blessings God had prepared for me and be released from anger. When we talk about obedience, God does not force us to obey under his authority for his own benefits. He calls us to obey him for, for our own good. This obedience is not partial obedience like that of Judah, but it is completely 
obedience. We need to believe that God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts, and his wisdom and plans are greater and further than ours. You can see it, also see it in Isaiah chapter 55 too. So come to the conclusion, God is a gracious God. In the upcoming weeks, as we read through the book of Judges, we will witness a cycle of stubbornness and repentance among the Israelites, where they repeatedly fall into sin even after experience rescued. God sends judges to serve them time and time again. But as the story progresses, even the moral character of the judges decline. However, God never gives up on the Israelites. Instead, when, we, when they cry out to him, they continue to experience his grace. God's grace always surpasses his anger. God's grace always surpasses his anger. May the Lord bless you all. We hope you enjoyed the talk and found it helpful. We'd love to welcome you to one of our gatherings. We meet in multiple locations at multiple times on Sundays, as well as in midweek small groups across the city. More information on all of these can be found at our website, birminghamvineyard.com. Thanks for listening. Have a great day and God bless.